0: Hello nerds and welcome to another episode. The spooky season is unfortunately over. Very sad. Anyway, now it is time to get cozy and read a good book while it's getting cold and cold outside. Get yourself a cup of warm beverage and enjoy today's episode. For I have found the perfect books to read that will give you a feeling of comfort and pain, but let's just not talk about that for a moment. One of my dearest friends has introduced me to this fantastic series and I read them in a short amount of time. I was enthralled within the first page already and I am talking about the Shades of Magic Trilogy! You know, I have, I have read many great books, all of them beautifully written. just. Fantastic. But this one, Schwab, the author of The Shades of Magic trilogy, is phenomenal. (laughs) I don't know enough words to describe how she captivated me with her words. Her writing is so full of details, and she does it in such a beautiful way. She draws entire works of art with her with her words. It's it's so beautiful and not everyone can do that, writing in a slow pace with such detailed descriptions. Normally something like that can get quite boring pretty quickly, but as I said Schwab is, is just fantastic at that. Some of the best written books I've ever read and the stories she writes, so good. I die in a good way every single time. Anyway, the Shades of Magic Trilogy. What is it about? Well... One of the main characters, Kel, is one of the Lost Centauri. Those are magicians with a rare ability to travel between parallel Londons. Kel gave those parallel Londons names. Red, Grey, White and once upon a time, Black London. It's kind of like a multiverse of Londons and Carl grew up in Red London. There the river Isle is a source of magic and the water glows red. I wonder why it's called Red London. In Grey London magic has disappeared and the people there don't remember that it once was there. There are some who believe in it and hope for it to come back but if it ever will be back we will see I guess. White London is a starving city. People are hungry for magic and some would do anything to take it, even kill others. Black London was once overtaken by magic 300 years ago. The people became mindless, soulless vessels for the magic and through them corruption was spread all over the city. Before that happened, all four Londons were in constant exchange But soon after this corruption spread, Red London closed its doors. And from that point on, only the Antari were able to travel between the worlds. The before-mentioned character, Kel, serves as an ambassador for the Marish Empire and delivers messages to the different rulers of the Londons. But Kel is also a smuggler, illegally of course. First, it was a mere hobby since people would pay for even the smallest things of the other worlds, especially in Grey London. That is until he comes into possession of a piece out of Black London, something that should not exist anymore. Now he needs to find a way to quickly get rid of it to avoid danger reaching the other worlds. Now a little to the characters. Kel, as I already mentioned, is an Antari who was adopted as a child by the King and Queen of Red London. Although, and that is not a spoiler, one quickly realizes that they didn't exactly raise him as their son but as a guard for their biological son Rai. And he was basically used for 16 years by his so called adoptive parents, who I hate with a passion! Cal is is one of my favorites, and he deserves better. And, you know, I just read a short story on how he got adopted. And I could cry. <laughs> it hurts. He deserves better, and I hate his biological parents so much. I just had a breakdown because of, because of that, and... You know, he's just my favorite and he suffers so much. I don't like this. Anyway, I'm fine. I'm moving on. Rai Marish is the Prince of Red London and a brother and best friend to Kel. He barely possesses any magic, which gives him the feeling that he won't be a good ruler one day. Because in Red London, magic is everything. And if you don't have magic, that's not good, you know? Anyway, he's amazing and he deserves the best and he's gonna be a good ruler. <laughs> His antics have often gotten him and Cal in trouble, resulting in Cal having to save him. You know, I just love them being brothers. It's um, I could read a whole book of them just being brothers and happy. I I just need them to be happy, you know? This series traumatized me. I just need them to be happy, you know, just that, without pain. Anyway, one of the other main characters is Dahlia Bard. I loved her in the beginning, she knows how to handle knives and is a strong female character. However, the way she handles things, especially later on, are the reasons why I grew to hate her. Especially in the second book. I'm not gonna spoil anything, but she's awful. (laughs) Anyway, she's from Grey London and through some coincidences she came in contact with Cal. But how and what's gonna happen? Well, I guess you're gonna have to read the book. Anyway, there's also Holland Wozik. Holland, the other existing Atari reside in white London and can't leave. If you want to find out why, you should read the book. Holland appears to be calm and rarely shows how he feels. He's one of my favorites and just like the others, deserves better. Give this guy a break, he desperately needs one. There are of course many other characters. But you can get to know them yourself by reading the books. All the trauma, all the pain, definitely worth it. And that's it with this trilogy. It's truly one of the best fantasy series that I've ever read. The characters, the story, the way Schwab uses her words are killing me in a good way. My heart dies and her words instantly transport me into another world. It's amazing. I genuinely have never read something like this. It's... It's just so good. I fell in love with the story after the first sentence already. I'm gonna have to reread it again. Definitely. It's seriously so good. It's fantastic. Anyway. On to some of her other books. The next one, Gallant. Olivia Pryor has visited the Maryland School for Girls from a very young age. All she has of her past of her parents is her mother's journal, in which aforementioned parent seems to unravel into madness. According to the journal, she is to stay away from Gallant. Whether that is a person or a place is not quite clear. Olivia has read the journal many times and by now knows it by heart. She has no friends at the school and has no voice to be part of any conversations. She also has the ability to see ghouls. When she first saw them, she was afraid, but after she found out that they could not touch her, she wasn't bothered by them anymore. When older, a letter arrives for Olivia. A letter from her uncle inviting her to come home to Gallant. She doesn't exactly have a choice to either stay or leave, but she's just happy to leave the school and the next day she gets into a car which brings her to Gallant. However, when she arrives and knocks on the door, the people living there are not expecting her. She quickly finds out that her uncle would never have been able to write the letter, for he died a while ago. In this house she meets her cousin Matthew, who isn't exactly welcoming, but Olivia is determined to stay and gets her mother's old room. Exploring this house in the garden, she meets more half-formed ghouls and dead set on finding out the secrets hiding in Gallant. This one is definitely one of Schwab's creepier works, but captivating nonetheless. In this one there are not a lot of conversations, since the main character doesn't talk, but it's still amazingly well written and I enjoyed it throughout. It was creepy, it was good, it was it was just perfect. And of course painful, cause all of Schwab's books are painful, but they're amazing regardless. <laughs> Then there's also her book Vicious. It starts out with Victor and Allie. They both meet at uni as roommates. They both have an interest in adrenaline and how a near-death experience might result in one becoming an EO, an extraordinary human with superpowers. Kind of like the Avengers, but not really. Anyway, then the experiments start and everything goes horribly wrong very quickly. 10 years later, Victor breaks out of prison and aided by two companions looks for Ally. To kill him, for they are now enemies instead of friends. Allie meanwhile is on a mission to kill every person with superpowers, for he thinks himself chosen by God. I hate Ali with a passion. He's awful. This book, while my least favorite of Schwab's books so far, is still very good and I enjoyed the story a lot. Which is why I'm gonna have to read the second book as well. I need to know what happened to Victor. Cause 'cause this guy, he needs therapy. They all do. By the way, all of Schwab's books, as I've already said, have painful endings and they will make you cry a lot and give you emotional damage for the rest of your life. Worth it though, those books are definitely worth every single pain. I mean, I've read so many books already that have emotionally damaged me, a little more or less pain doesn't matter at this point anymore. Anyway. Last book for this episode. This Savage Song. It's a duology and... the Surprise, surprise! It has ripped out my heart and crushed it. Over and over again. Anyway. In this book, in this world, the city is overrun by monsters. There are three types of monsters. The Corsai, these wraith-like creatures born of non-lethal acts of violence are more shadow than solid and enjoy some tasty human meat. Like Hannibal, just that he's not solid and a human. Anyway, they have a hive mind and are drawn to fear. As long as you stay in the light, you are safe from those. The Malchai are born of murder. They kind of look like humans, save for the dark bones beneath their translucent skin and red eyes. They are independent predators and feed on blood, and unlike the Corsaci, are merely weakened by sunlight. Then the last one, the Sunai. By the way, if I butcher those pronunciations, I'm sorry. Anyway, the Sunai are born of mass devastation, and therefore quite rare. They look completely human and only eat the souls of sinners. They bring the souls of others to the surface using music, or pain. The only way to identify a Sunai would be their tattoos. Those markings count the days they have last given into the darkness. They have two forms, one human and the other not really human and quite demonic. One of the main characters, August Flynn, is one of the Sunai, and he is an absolute sweetheart. All he wants is to be human and kind, like his human father. He starts to withered school, where he meets Kate Harker. Kate Harker's father is ruthless and cold. He lets the monsters roam free and make the people pay for his protection. And Kate wants to be like him. When she and August meet, They actually start to kind of get along, but can he keep his secret from Kate? And if not, what would happen? What if she finds out that he is a monster? Well, guess you're gonna have to read the book and find out. Anyway, that's it with this episode. Read her books. (laughs) They're gonna change your life for the better, honestly. And just ignore that I said that all her books are gonna make you cry. It's fine. She's honestly one of my favorite authors now and I'm obsessed with her. I need more. I need all of her books now. (laughs) Well, that's it. The end. Goodbye and until next month then. Bye bye.